Everybody, welcome back. This is Inside Fitness Radio presents Total Fitness Podcast. I'm on your host, Matthew. I'm Walter. And today we have a very special guest on the show with us today. Uh, this is Alexia, and you might recognize her as the face in the cover model of the 2022 Hot and Fit 100. So uh, we would first like to thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, give you a little bit of background to the listeners about who you are. And then again, nobody wants to hear us talk. They want to hear you talk, obviously. So um, <laughs> Alexia was, um, was born and raised in Toronto. So, you know, same breed as us. Uh, she has been in dance for over 23 years now, um, various styles of dance. She has uh, a background through the Ryerson School uh, Performance Dance, uh, did that program, got her BFA in dance. So very athletic for pretty much what, since the age of five or six or something? Five. Like five, yeah. So there you go. Um, very heavy in that, uh, in the athletic sense. Um, so not only that, but she has been all over the world, basically, uh, with dance. She has performed throughout Toronto at the GTA, numerous provinces across Canada, as well as countries like China, Qatar, Singapore, as well as the Bahamas. So um, I'll kind of leave it there for now, because there's so much that we do want to talk about, and we want to hear more from you. So why don't you kind of introduce yourself, say hello to the listeners, and uh, let's just go from there. Hi, everyone. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this opportunity to sit here and share a little bit of, of my life with you. Um, first of all, winning Hot and Fit 100 this year was such an honor, and I'm, I'm still blown away and trying to take in how much of a blessing it is to be given this platform to share a little bit about what I do. Um, as well as share the pages with so many other incredible deserving women, even the women that did not get in this year are absolutely so inspiring. You know, I, I submitted to get into inside fitness, hot and fit two years in a row before that I got in as part of the 100 and I was just blown away. I couldn't even believe it. I didn't even think I really had a shot, but my friend pushed me to do it. My friend and photographer, Kevin Kataku, um, he's wonderful so shout out to him for uh shooting with me and getting me to do it but you know training this time it, I set a goal for myself every year around the time that was uh to prep for inside fitness I set a goal that like I'm gonna do this for myself I'm gonna make this special and make really something of it mm -hmm. so I started submitting and you know, this time around, it was crazy because during COVID, I still managed to train through everything in my basement, just using what we had. We had a stationary bike, a few weights and uh, resistance bands. And I was like, you know what? We're going to do this. I'm not going to I'm not going to stop. There's no yeah. pulling me back. But uh, we, we got in after after that. And I was super happy about it. And then this year, I was so tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. I was from the moment I got in the year previous, I was so tunnel vision that I was like, this is happening. I just put cover in my mind. And every time I showed up to my training, there was no other option than cover in my mind. And it was a cool little goal. Like I, yeah. it's just something I looked forward to. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I was very excited. So it just goes to show you that you like put your heart and soul into something. Mm -hmm. 
you manifest it into your life and then take inspired action to make it happen, you can make it happen for yourself. I think the problem lies in, in a lot of people, including myself at times in my life, not believing that it's actually possible for you. And that's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so funny you mentioned that because I've literally just finished the, uh, the book, the secret, which is about manifestation. Oh, yeah. Great book. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, it, you know, it, this talk is very much, you know, I just read it and we're talking about it, but it's very true. I mean, I don't think people realize how many people apply to the hot and fit. It is hundreds of women are putting their name in that pool every year. And it, it's not an easy task. And, uh, you know, Walter and I were talking to Terry about this and, you know, Terry being the uh, CEO and uh, one of the, I guess you could call head judges. Um, it's not easy to find somebody through hundreds of people that is inspiring, is, you know, is, is good enough to be the face of Inside Fitness for that cover. And here you are and you've done it and it's just an incredible accomplishment. So again, it's, it's amazing. And you just, we just want to say congratulations. Thank you so much. Yeah. But uh, what I do want to ask about is you kind of mentioned it, COVID. Obviously, being in Toronto, <laughs> the biggest issues that you probably had to deal with in training. Now, we have talked about this so much. And, you know, we have clients coming to us all the time asking, like, how do I stay motivated? How do I keep training? Now, you obviously had that goal in sight, but there, there must have been days that you didn't want to train. So kind of bring us through that. Yeah. It was definitely a challenge because I love having the gym as a source of motivation. I love being surrounded by the community of people. Um, it, it's very inspiring to be around that, but you know, it's just adaptability, learning to go with the flow. And I think something that my career has taught me is learning how to adapt on the fly. Because yeah. when you're a professional dancer and you are showing up to an event that you've never been to you don't know what the stage is going to be like they tell you like in rehearsal they'll tell us they said this is the dimensions of the stage so then we we choreograph everything and plan to the dimensions of that stage and then you show up and there is no stage You're like well this is different we're performing on concrete today wonderful adapt yeah. you know what i mean of course so you just have to, you have to adapt to get the job done. So I applied that same concept to my training because I can't stop training. Cause mm -hmm. for me, if I stop training, I know my mental health severely declines. So for me, that's a non-negotiable aside from keeping up to it, to keep myself limber and, and strong for my career it's maintaining my mental health on a day-to-day -day basis. So I think it's very, very important to not rely on motivation alone because it's here one day it's gone the next yeah so I always try to connect to a deeper why mm -hmm. of why I do anything in life but but having a strong why with your health and fitness is, is so important because sometimes having a goal to lose or gain weight is simply not enough to really push you through Absolutely. on the days that are so hard because oh my gosh there were so many hard days oh, yeah. <laughs> so days <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to sit here and and be like oh I was perfect and I did everything right and I it was it's always easy for that's not the case I'm yeah. a regular human being that struggles with motivation and and getting out of bed and all the regular things it's just 
knowing and having that deep, deeper purpose to really push you through and, and kick your butt. And I really, I really believe in, in having a strong approach and, and being strict with yourself, but also being nurturing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And adopting a balanced lifestyle. So I had to become very forgiving with myself in the sense that if I, if I didn't do everything perfectly as I planned out or wanted to do, or didn't hit all my goals for the week, you have to give yourself forgiveness Yeah. in order to like move forward and really grow. Because when you belittle yourself over and over again, it's, it's a form of abuse. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it is. Yeah. I always say to my young students, would you allow someone to talk to you? the way that you talk to yourself. Mm-hmm. And many times the answer is no. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. so let's yeah. not do that. Let's, let's <laughs> reframe, let's reframe that self-talk so that we can treat ourselves like someone we really care about and love. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. One of the, um, one of the big things you said in there and, you know, you kind of did address it, but hopefully we can go a little bit more in depth. It's the why of fitness. Um, and you've been in fitness for a long time. So you've, you basically started at the age of five and, um, you know, throughout your life, the why will change. So I kind of want to work backwards a bit right now because uh, your why right now, if you don't mind, just explain a little bit, what is the why right now? And what was the why when you started in 2017, you started your, uh, your movement and what okay. was the why when you got into dance and university? Um, so what, what is the why? There were so many whys. Okay. Okay. So let's go from youngest Alexia to oldest. And okay. Build. <laughs> okay. The why <laughs> dance from the very first moment I I guess saw it happening in front of me. Um, my why was joy. It completely and utterly mesmerized me. Um, I remember like the first, the first memory I ever have of it was my mom and I used to bring my older brother to piano lessons. And when we were waiting for him, my mom would always take me for a walk around the conservatory. And there was this dance studio and I just remember looking through the glass doors and seeing the dancers dancing and seeing the tutus hanging on the wall and the bodysuits. And there was like photos of point shoes. And I was just in awe. And I would always ask my mom if I could, if we could go walk to see the dance studio. And then I would beg her. Apparently I was like, I think I was like three or something. And I would beg her to dance with them. So she said, okay, when you turn five, I'm going to, I'm going to take you to sign up at a studio. That's like closer to our house. And I was like, okay. So, and it was from the moment I started it, it just made me so happy. You could see looking back at, at old dance videos that I was just so eager to be there. And I, it's so wild that young kids can remember steps and, and show up and just ha- be so brilliant at such a young age. And I, I'm, and you don't even really know or understand what you're doing. It's just your intuition mm-hmm. and your true talents coming through, shining through you. You can't even explain it. You don't have enough of a developed analytical mind to dive into why you're doing it. You just, you're doing it because it makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the age of seven, I was asked to join the competitive team 
And I started dancing competitively, gosh, like five, six days a week. It took over my entire life, but Uh, that's, it got me through so many chapters of, of my life that were very difficult at a young age. My parents um, divorced when I was 12 and there was just, it's, it's a lot for a child to go through that. So to have a place that was constantly healing me mm-hmm. was so beneficial for my overall development and well-being. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me all through throughout high school as well. There's lots of challenges through high school when you're growing up and there was parts of me that wanted to, you know, be a teenager and, and not go. And I almost quit. Yeah. I almost quit at one point. And I had, I, I remember saying that I didn't want to, I didn't want to do it because I wanted a social life and I didn't go for a month back to the studio. And my, uh, the studio owner started calling me or my mom, the, the, the teachers, I had my aunts calling me having everyone needed to like have a talk with me because they're like, I don't think you understand like the magnitude of what you're doing right now. You, you have a gift you need to keep going and and you don't understand how much joy it brings you. Like you will have the rest of your life to have a social life. This, this is part of who you are. And it is so deeply rooted in who I am because I remember at a young age, even saying to my mom, I don't know how to be without dance. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know how to express my emotions without movements because it was something that would just constantly heal me. It was my outlet. Like, art, art heals. And it is, mm-hmm. it is so true because I, I was the living testament of that. Like I, I felt it, like I would dance through my breakups. I would dance through joyous occasions. And I just knew that it was something that I, I couldn't leave behind. So I went back and thank God I did because I then I was, at, when I was <laughs> graduating high school, I was like, Hey, I have different routes I can go. And I, I knew that that Ryerson was something I, I really wanted to do. So I auditioned and York was the other option, but I remember them at Ryerson telling me like, you really need to come here. <laughs> so I, was, I was very shocked yeah. when I got in. Uh, we started off with a class of like 45, 45 dancers. We graduated with like 20. Yep. So it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> Not it was easy <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went to I went to Ryerson. I remember walking past uh, one of the dance rooms every single day, like the lower level of I can't remember the street, but uh, yeah, it, yeah. And it was just like there would always be like five or ten, and I'd come back like three hours later, and it was the same group of people just practicing the same steps over and over. Like it's an intense program. It's it's so challenging. Yeah. But at that point, my why was I need to develop my craft if I have a chance in heck at, at doing this as a career. Mm-hmm. So that was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears, um, a lot of trying moments, but they definitely shape you up to send you out into the professional world. I was very lucky. I trained with so many talented dancers and instructors. Um, we even had an opportunity to work with the actors there. And, um, if any of you have seen the movie, um, Aladdin, the live action film mm-hmm. or lock and key. Um, so my friend Liza de Oliveira is in lock and key and Mina Masood, who's the main actor in Aladdin was in our same year 
Um, so we dancers were very lucky that we got an opportunity to work with the actors and they worked with us and it was just this beautiful exchange of sharing our crafts and learning from one another. Yeah. I feel very proud to come from, That's from awesome. that same program. That's amazing. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. Um, okay. So I, I've been talking so much. <laughs> no, but this is great. This is what we want. It's great though. And, and, and honestly, it brings back a lot of, of memories for me hearing you talk that way makes me think about my schooling and the school I went to and all that stuff so it, it it's great the joy that you express talking about it is the amazing thing that it's coming through so the emotion that you have is because I I I also DJ I produce music I've been drumming I was in fashion design when I went to Ryerson the art style that you talk of is like I couldn't express myself for excuse my language for shit <laughs> i had very bad um uh depression when i was younger and one of the greatest ways to come out of that was expressing my way through art or listening to music making music making art mm-hmm. and the way you talk about it you can tell how big of a part of it of your life it is and how dedicated you actually are to it as a whole and that makes the why you're doing it so so much stronger and I mean, I'm inspired listening to you. So, you know, as a teacher, like where you are kind of now, I mean, it must be so fulfilling to be able to express these same emotions and see it as you're developing people um, through, through what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, It's been an unreal roller coaster of a career and my why after I started dancing and traveling and doing everything professionally, um, my why again shifted to, okay, you have certain longevity as in a dance career, of course. So my why was like, what am I going to do after this? There's this fear that starts to come inside of you. Um, and I wanted to be able to prolong my artistic journey for as long as possible, but also blend it into my life and who I was becoming and, and, and something that would help me grow and, and heal as well. So the thing with having a professional dance career is when you're on a high from doing what you love, you're on the highest of highs, like getting paid to travel, to dance in front of thousands of people that are smiling and that's like it's like an ecstasy like no other it's just the most beautiful experience or to know that I've been a part of so many people's wedding days like it's overwhelming Mm -hmm. so the highs are the most exciting and wonderful however there's many uncertainties with this career path. And there's many times when you are out of work. And I remember having professors telling me or telling us at Ryerson, you know, there's going to be days when you got, there's going to be long dry spots when you don't have any work and it's going to be a struggle to pull yourself out of bed. Mm-hmm. And boy, were they right. So I also had experienced, um, a breakup with, you know, my high school sweetheart. And when you go through any sort of heartache, any sort of loss in your life, it can feel debilitating. 
Um, and then when you're dealing with uncertainties of work, not knowing when your next paycheck is going to come in, it's very scary and it's very overwhelming. And I had fallen into a bit of a heartbreak depression or I was experiencing um, surfacing old emotions from my childhood. Um, there was like a lot of generational trauma that happened. Uh, the men in my family all suffer from some form of a mental illness. And I always knew that I wanted to be able to help in some way, shape or form. I'm like, if I can learn things that have helped me, that have made my path easier, that have made my brother's lives easier. I just want to be able to do something. And I'm not a psychiatrist. I, I'm not some perfect Zen guru, but I, I just want to take all my skills that make me me and, and create something beautiful that I can take forward and share. So I started reading um, wellness books and self-development books and I became obsessed with them. And before I knew it, I was like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to create this program and I'm going to take it to schools and I'm going to, I'm going to give students the things that they didn't teach us when we were in school on how to cope, how to cope with specific emotions that we have common emotions uh, that we experience from the human condition. And uh, I decided that I wanted to create I Empower Movement. And basically it's a wellness and empowerment program that I developed that has something for the introvert and something for the extrovert. I feel like we're very multifaceted as human beings, as individuals, and our training needs to be just as dynamic and diverse as we are. So I combined um, meditation and movement into a class so I would meditate with my students. I would talk to them a little bit about mental health. And many of them, it's the first time they're ever meditating, especially because I've, I've worked in some elementary schools and some high schools. So a lot of them didn't even know what meditation was. So it's a gift for me to be able to share that with so many young kids. And then I would move them into fitness portion to, you know, get their blood moving, get to feel those endorphins, get to show them some basics of you know, squats and just very basic, basic things to get them going to help um, them improve their heart health. And then I would, you know, challenge their minds a little bit and teach them a dance combination at the end to really, really help them express themselves um, and have fun. Because that's what I would do at home. I was like, what helps me? And it's having a solid foundation, having meditation being part of my day, moving my body, and then doing something creative to help me express myself, to help me nurture myself and, and to really, really spark that joy on another level. So that's I Empower Movement. <laughs> <laughs> that's incredible. That is honestly Thank so you. amazing. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> with, um, with the movement now, um, with COVID and the situation, obviously, were you experiencing some difficulties trying to translate that uh from the lockdowns and you know where is it kind of standing right now because i know you mentioned uh you're doing a bit of the virtual stuff now and um there's other means that you're kind of uh you're not necessarily always in person and doing it 
uh, the same way as we're doing before, but what, like, what was some of the difficulties with that even? Yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm really not a tech a technology person. So I, I, and I'm very old school. Like I love being in person. I love feeling the energy of students, but once, ha- once COVID happened, it was like, okay, how do we restructure? What do we do? Where do we go from here? Um, and I was like, you know what, what is, what is the main problem right now? What could most people be facing issues with? And I think that's, that's mental health, mm-hmm. um, being very isolated for such a long period of time. So I wanted to be able, I knew meditation was like the most, the most important part that I wanted to be able to offer. So I started doing that on zoom with clients one-on-one. Um, and that was something that I really was enjoying for a while. And I was also struggling a lot too, with my mental health. So it's very, it's very challenging to be pushing yourself to live your truth and help others while you're struggling yourself. I'm not laughing at this statement. I'm laughing because Walter and I have literally the past few years has been that. It's been a, a wonderful chance to grow through the experience but constantly having a no you can't do it that way anymore no you can't do it that way anymore and i'm feeling down because of that while trying to be positive yeah for my clients and 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 uh it it has been extremely growth promoting i mean i have to look at it that way the best thing that's come out of it is that i've grown in many many ways through the challenge um but what a couple of years this has been (laughs) the one of my favorite things uh that's come out of this or like a quote that always reappears and we talk about all the time is covid was not our fault you know nothing in life some things are obviously our fault um but a lot of the times we can just be the victim of the situation whose responsibility is it to make the best of that and it's, it's not yours. It's not hers. It's not his. It is your own responsibility to grow out of that situation. I think having to deal with something that does truly impact almost every aspect of your life, there is so much growth that can come out of that and so much you can learn from that as well. Yeah. It, it can be difficult. The thing that I had to deal with was the feeling of guilt. Yes. How can I say something good came out of COVID? When so many good things came, but so much bad came out at the same time. And there was a feeling of, is it, is it bad to say something good happened? You know, um, but uh, I, I think we all have to find as many ways to look at the bright side of this situation as we can. Yeah. So I got over it. But initially, yeah, there was that extra piece of difficulty. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. It was such a challenge and it still is. I find there's also repercussions of everything being shut down for such a long time. I find that I was able to handle so much more, so much more of a busy schedule before COVID. And now my schedule is less busy and I'm finding it difficult to keep up mentally sometimes like I'm finding I'm getting I'm experiencing like cognitive overload like much quicker mm-hmm. than I would have before so I think there's a going to be a readjustment period back 
to our new normal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's important to give ourselves grace mm-hmm. time and time again, as we're readjusting back into a new phase. So one of the things that I got into was the meditation that helped because mm-hmm. my phone was the only constant, I guess you could call, call it in my life. And to get away from that stress of constantly being like, oh, there's so many people doing so much better than me using their time wisely. And, and all the bad news, obviously that's coming out of this and people are upset and people are angry and meditation was that one way I found out. So how did the meditation side of the business, like how did that evolve for you throughout, especially COVID, but even for now, like, how are you promoting that um, throughout your lifestyle and through, through your uh, movement? Um, most of what I've done has been pretty old school. It's been through word of mouth and then friends of friends will pass it on to the next Mm. person. I tend to keep a pretty intimate circle, but right now I'm in a phase where I'm trying to grow that more. I'm working on some with someone one-on-one, um, to develop a website, which is a bit of a challenge for me because (laughs) technology, I see it and I'm like, Oh my goodness, it overwhelms me so much but it's fine. We're working through it. We're growing, we're adapting. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just been such a beautiful process to, to share that with the young ones. I have a student who's, well, she's 10 now, but when I started working with her, she was, cause she, she was nine, mm-hmm. but it's so nice to see the work that you're doing. Um, resonating with someone so young yeah and I just think that this is a skill meditation is a skill that that we all need to be taught at a young age it's like a non-negotiable people ask me how often do you think you should meditate and I had one of my first instructors teach me that we should be meditating as often as we brush our teeth Why? Because if we don't brush our teeth, decay is going to start to build up and then infection eventually. The mind is the same. Meditation is the mental hygiene of the mind. When you wake up in the morning, our levels of cortisol are are like at its highest. So it's important to tap into the brain right before, right before that analytical mind starts to wake up. So interesting little tidbit, like when you first wake up, for the first few minutes, the prefrontal cortex stays dormant. Just, just very quickly where, when you're waking up and you're in that foggy dream stage, and it's so important to hack into your mind at that moment and start feeding it something that will nurture it, that will help you set yourself up for success for the day. And then slowly, slowly, you start really diving into your subconscious and unlearning thoughts that don't serve you and replacing them with thoughts that help you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what is what most people do is they pull out their phone. (laughs) And that is something interesting recently. I heard something interesting recently saying that would we let a hundred people walk into our room first thing in the morning? And the answer would be no for most people. I'm assuming that would be horrifying. (laughs) But for some reason, we allow hundreds of people's people and emails to flood into our mind right before we're even able to handle it. Yeah. And that could have a serious negative effect on our mental health overall. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, 
how many people listening? I mean, you could ask yourself this question. If you open your phone first thing in the morning, you get a text from your coworker, your boss from overnight, and they're saying, you need to do this, or this wasn't done properly. The only thing on your mind for that day is crap. I need to rush to get this done. I probably won't have time for breakfast. I got to rush to the office. And you're just in a rush negative state. And that emotion carries over the entirety of the day. Yeah. And then again, once again, self-care is put on the back burner. Mm -hmm. And still for many people, their physical health is on the back burner, unfortunately, because of the way that like their circumstances or they're just so busy, they don't have time for it. But it's just like, if we don't take care of our health now, we will pay for it later. It's the same thing with our mental health. One of the things that I strongly believe in with I Empower Movement is preventative mental health care, taking care of our minds and nurturing our minds before it starts to feel like it's too late. It should be a daily practice that is non-negotiable because of the fast-paced society that we live in. It's absolutely crucial for us to do that in order to handle what life throws at us and the rapid speed of information which life is thrown at us. I mean, Mm -hmm. meditation doesn't only help us find peace and stillness and ground ourselves in the present moment. It helps us off the mat too in our everyday lives. It helps us improve our focus. our attention span, it helps us combat distraction, which is something that we're so addicted to in today's society. Mm-hmm. We're just yeah. so, that's this, we're addicted to practicing that constantly. Think about how many things we can do at once. I could be watching a show, talking to my mom and texting someone else at the exact same time. So we're never mm-hmm. actually f- truly present in moments. Yeah. And they say that we are our happiest when we are truly present doing anything. So having the opportunity to take our mind and train it to come back to the present moment constantly. So meditation is a retraining of attention. So Mm -hmm. it's it's helping us bring our back, our mind back to the present moment Mm -hmm. so that we can fully experience our lives and joy and people that we love. It helps us connect to our intuition. It helps us connect to you know, when we're stuck in moments and we don't know what the right thing is to do, truly we're conflicted. I feel like meditation helps us connect to our higher selves and, and knowing really what the, what the right thing is to do mm-hmm. yeah. or which route to take. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, to, to me, that, that, that's it. It's the connection to the higher self that happens with meditation. Yeah. And it can happen all day long if you let it. Mm-hmm. It just focus on the right things. It, it yeah. doesn't, for me, involve sitting still right. so much as opening my, my mind to the good in life. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, riding my bike is the best way to do it, right? But I've had to learn things like don't turn on the phone first thing in the morning. Oh, yeah. Maybe a book would be a better distraction. Yeah. Breakfast instead of scrolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, it's a great, like applying mindfulness to your life. I am a certified meditation and mindfulness instructor. And I'm so happy that I, I learned about mindfulness and it's really an acknowledgement of the thoughts that you have, how frequently you have them and, and learning how to, to guide yourself mindfully in everything you do. Like even a simple task, like eating, 
you could be eating a meal, but you're not even really present with the meal and the food that you're consuming. So, mm-hmm. so you're just like wolfing it down because you got to get to your next appointment or, or something at oh. work. Um, whereas it could be such more of a, an enjoyable experience. Yeah. Actually paying attention to the sensations you feel on like what a strawberry tastes like and really appreciating the flavors and appreciating like the fruits of the earth and, and how lucky we are to actually have that fruit and how lucky we are to have a body that's actually able to eat it and digest it on our own. Mm-hmm. It really, really helps you sit down and, and sit in a place of gratitude when you are mindful of the way you do things and why you do things. Absolutely. It also really helps you understand like your own flaws as a human. And we all have flaws. And I think it's important to like not acknowledge, uh, it's important to acknowledge that and be like, okay, so this is what we're dealing with and and we're just gonna grow from it. It's important yes. to like acknowledge what bothers us and and, if we ignore our feelings and we ignore our bad habits you have no way of growing from them right that's it so it's it's, it mindfulness helps us call ourselves out on our own stuff and be like hey we didn't do too well today but (laughs) we're gonna aim a little higher tomorrow examining the day at the end of the day and going okay so what exactly happened what did i do you know why was i a train wreck train wreck (laughs) yeah yeah. it's not enough to say i was a train wreck why was i a train wreck yeah how did this happen how can i avoid it again one of the biggest issues we have is we don't ask ourselves questions anymore we just accept what is presented to us as the okay this is the way life is i guess this is the way i have to deal with it at work this is you know and one of the biggest things as you're saying with mindfulness is understanding why what where those thoughts are coming from and addressing Mm -hmm. them so you can become it's and again you mentioned it it's you brush your teeth every day it's a thing you can still end up with a cavity you could still end up having to need a root canal but it's that consistency that is going to build over time so again you are it's not a a one and done fitness is never a one and done exactly it's not i'm so glad you said that that it's not one and done and i think changing our relationship with how we see happiness like happiness is not just like this end goal that like once you get there you're going to stay there permanently that's not what happens and it's this up and down thing that that we experience and it changes and you could be happy one day and then something traumatic happens to you and you're going to experience a low of low but it's about learning and building habits that you can fall back on to help you heal and get yourself back to a place of experiencing happiness again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and enjoying the texture. Enjoying yeah. the texture. There's no texture. What is the point? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And th- what is the point if you're not able to enjoy a thing like habits in your life or um, family and friends. That's the other thing. Mindfulness allows you to develop your connections with others better. It helps you sit back and really take a breath instead of being reactive. It helps you analyze a situation um, 
I think a little bit more thoughtfully. Yeah. One of the, uh, one of the biggest things that people do is do you listen to what somebody is saying? Or are you waiting for your turn to talk? If you're mindful about it, you will listen to what somebody is saying. You'll give them a second to finish their thought. You process it and you can, you can, uh, you know, you can speak back to what they're saying. You know, mindfulness isn't just for you. It's for the community that you have in front of you. You're building more than just yourself up. When you build yourself up, you are building a community. And I truly believe that the more you work on yourself, the more you have um, the ability to affect change in others. So true. It's, It's an absolute ripple effect. And it's a beautiful thing to understand this is another thing with I power. It's so important to understand how much power you hold and how much power your energy holds and that you have the opportunity and the ability to change someone's life for the better mm-hmm. or for the worse. When you walk into a room, the energy you bring into a room is going to shift the energy around you. Or if if you keep your energy very small and you just become a consumer of others' energies, you could just be absorbing what's around you, negative or positive. But I believe in strengthening up yourself, your mind, body, soul so much so, so that you omit or emit, emit your energy out into the world and you change the situations. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I noticed that with being a performer. I was always told, everyone always told me, like, you can really see that you love what you do when you're on stage because your smile is so big. And I'm like, I know. I can't hide it. Like, it just makes me so happy. It's also, I I mean, you know, the the old adage to it with dancers, if you make a mistake, just smile bigger. (laughs) Because the energy you give out will hide. And nobody's looking for an error. Nobody knows the choreography. But if you show that you know you've made a mistake, everyone will know. I'm so glad you mentioned that because segue into a fun little story. I, um, I did have a setback in uh, 2019, I believe it was. I was on my way to perform in a magic show that I was in. Yes, I was an illusionist assistant. I've had a very fun, very fun career. That's so great. I know how to disappear, reappear, get cut in half. <laughs> Reapp- yeah, it's it's a fun oh. job. I do miss doing magic a lot. Um, so I was on my way to do a magic show and I was hopping up onto a curb to get out of the way for a cab that was turning into a driveway. And I go and I hop up. I thought I was being like a good person getting out of the way. And I like rolled my ankle and I felt it snap back. And I was like, oh, that was weird. I've sprained my ankle a bunch of times. So I was like, I thought it was just that. I'm like, okay, we need to get on the subway. We need to get all the way to Milton. So I start walking into the subway and I felt my like foot swelling up in my shoe and I started getting really hot and nauseous and I felt like I was going to faint. I, I was sitting on the subway the whole time with this feeling, but I was like in my brain, I was like, I got to get to the show. I got to get to the show. I ended up getting all the way to Union Station, realized stop being a hero because I almost fainted going up the stairs that I had to walk up. And I got to some cell service. I called my dad. I was like, dad, you don't understand. Like, I need you to bring me ice and I need you to bring me to my show. And he was like, oh my gosh, you need me to bring you to your show. Do you need to go to the hospital? And I was like, I to go to the show. <laughs> Long story short, I danced on that broken foot. Holy crap. 
Yeah, it was purple and blue, but the show had to go on because I knew I was the only one trained on those illusions. We had called another dancer to come. She danced all the parts that I couldn't, that were heavily dance based and all the parts that were the illusions. It was me because it takes way too long to train someone Mm. on the timing and intricacies of illusions. But yeah, I uh, (laughs) smiled through that whole thing. I smiled through that whole thing. And I went to emergency after and funny enough it was my birthday at midnight so I welcomed the age of 27 oh. with a broken foot happy birthday there you go what a wonderful presence to yourself eh <laughs> <laughs> oh that is horrible. wonderful so moral of the story is don't be a nice person when somebody is trying to turn into a driveway <laughs> yeah just stand there and let them stop <laughs> Oh, wow. But that's it. You got to smile through some of the pain sometimes. That's right. But uh, And stuff happens. You have a setback like that, and then you get right back up again. Yeah. As you do. Oh, yeah. And it only strengthened me further. I feel like every loss, every time I came second place in my life or third place or lost completely is what pushed me to win this cover. I was like, you know what? I'm not going to become second again. Like this is happening and it's going to happen for something that really counts and something that I really want. And I'm so glad. I'm so glad that this was, this was a time that I, that I came first. I I feel like I, I feel like I'm so happy that life threw me a win after everything I've been experiencing recently. So I'm so grateful. I would have to say too, even just by talking, I mean, obviously we, when you got announced, we, we researched you and we looked up what you were doing, but even just talking to you, you are probably the most deserving person of that cover based on just obviously. Yeah, sure. It's you look, you look the part, but just your background and the way you speak about things and how inspiring you are as a person. And yeah, obviously we, we but that's it. I mean, the, the, the win is not just for the look, the win is for everything else that you bring. Mm -hmm. The fact that you are able to empower others and, and give an example to others um, is a large part, I'm sure, of the process of choosing you. Yeah. You know, so you're perfect, perfect place, perfect time. Thank you. And I truly believe in, in trusting the timing of your life. And when, when the wins don't happen, that doesn't mean that it's never going to happen. It just means it's not your time yet. Mm-hmm. so every time that happens it's so important not to stop training not to give up completely because you feel like a loser or a failure or whatever our sad narrative is sometimes it's just important to keep going keep yeah. growing the skills keep working on what you can change and improve on until you get there yeah absolutely, absolutely. because it's so much more of a sad <sighs> story if you never try i think about all yes the people that are so talented that have done are too afraid to share their work with the world. Yeah. And I, it's just so it's what, a, what a waste, you know? Yeah. yeah well, and I just truly believe that the universe puts us each here with an intention and a purpose. And we're all walking miracles. Literally. I know that sounds so cliche, but, but we really are yeah. marvels. Mm. And it's so important for us to, to tap into that purpose and, and find out why you're here and, and work on what makes you you and spread that with the world. Yes. Because I'm sure there's 
a million people doing something similar to what I'm doing. I'm not some Einstein that, that, you know, I didn't reinvent the wheel here. I'm just doing it in a special way that I, that I know how to, and no one's ever going to do it the way I do it. No one's going to ever do it the way you guys do it. Mm -hmm. That's what makes us so special. Mm -hmm. I think that's what people forget to realize is there's only one Alexia. There is only, well, obviously there's more, but <laughs> there's only one you. There, yeah. Your experiences are your experiences. Nobody has lived it the way you have lived it through your minds, through the yeah. physical space, through, and that is what makes you special. People will come to you because of what you have done, the life you've lived, the wisdom that you can give based off of that life. And yeah, I, I mean, one of the saddest things is exactly that. It's the people who are just not willing to try for fear, I guess you could call it, um, a failure. And I'm not perfect. I definitely have let fear take over in moments. And I've definitely let fear talk me out of situations and make me lose out on opportunities. Um, but again, it's, it's all lessons learned. I think it's so important to to honor the all parts of ourselves and the parts of ourselves that still need healing and nurturing and, and development. Um, those parts still make us beautiful. Yes. The icky yeah. parts of us that we want to hide from the world um, that we're ashamed of. It's like that's what makes us who yeah. we are, and that's what helps be a driving factor in the success story. You know, I'm much more interested to know about how someone came to be versus, you know, just the, let's say the material yeah. things that they've accumulated. 100%. No, I'm not that, really faced by like cars or mansions or fancy outfits. Like I, I want to know why and how someone came to be. That's what really, that's what yeah. really um, inspires me. 100%. Well, one of the big questions we always like to ask 30 seconds to a minute. You can take your time to answer this if you need to. Um, but basically just in 30 seconds to a minute, what is one piece of advice that you could give to every single person listening right now? Not an easy task, but put you on the spot. <laughs> <laughs> one piece of advice. I mean, it's tough because we just, we just spoke about this. Mm -hmm. um, but if you have an opportunity to learn how to be present, please take advantage of that because our time is so, so valuable. If you have that little thought, that little dream, something gnawing at your mind, something that keeps pushing you to want to come to life, please bring that thing to life. Even if you're afraid of failing, just try. Because even if you fail, it's better than not trying at all and never knowing. Yeah. And I, one of my whys is really, I want 95, 96, 97, 98-year-old Alexia to be content with the life that she lived or as content as possible. And I would love her to be um, independent and, you know, kicking some ass. And uh, that, that's my strong why. So if you can find a strong why, that will help you propel yourself forward in whatever you need to do and just keep offering yourself 
overwhelming amounts of love and kindness. But don't be afraid to be strict with yourself <laughs> because we all need a little kiss. <laughs> that is love and kindness. That is this can be love and kindness. Yeah. But with, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> wow. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Any last, uh, any last questions there, Walter? No, I'm, I'm overwhelmed. I mean, everything, including the thought of the 95 year old um, <laughs> is, is amazing. Cause that's my thing, right? I'm, I'm like, we're going to live a long time. Yes. Let's make life juicy. Right. So don't be afraid do the things you have to do. Uh, so I'm, I'm just, I'm, this has been so great. Yeah. You, and I just want to thank you again for, uh, for deep insight. Um, experience and for some memories that you brought back for me of places that I loved and things that I did in the years past. So thank you for that. Yeah, seriously, truly, truly, you've been so inspiring. And uh, I just, again, thank you so much for a applying to be on the cover, (laughs) putting yourself out there for the world to see. Um, Because obviously, you know, as you said, you need to put yourself out there to reap the reap the rewards and spread your message. So thank you so much for a doing that and be just truly inspiring. So thank you so much. And where can everybody find you? Like what, uh, where's the social medias? What is it that you would like to promote? Obviously we'll include the links in the bio. Um, but what's the main, uh, what is the main page that they can find you on? So my main page for my Instagram is just Alexia Minardo. A-L-E-X-I-A-M-O-N-A-R-D-O. And then my I Am Power account is iampower.mbmnt. And websites will be soon to come on there, but they will be linked to those accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. And again, if you guys, if you guys uh, do want to check her out again, we can just put the links in the bio so you can just click below. But again, thank you so, so much for uh, being on here. Congratulations once again. And Truly, I too would love to have you back on and talk more in depth about other subjects if you're willing to yes. do that. But uh, and I'm sure so many people listening would love to as well. Um, so again, let's just say goodbye for now. <laughs> Thank you so much best. for having me. I, I really appreciate it's been an honor to talk with you both. And, and I'm so happy that that some of the things that I shared resonated with you deeply. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm just grateful for the time. With both of you, you both seem like incredible humans, and I, I hope that our paths will cross. And absolutely, I would love to come back anytime. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can drop them in the comment section below. You can message us. Our Instagram handles are below. Uh, if you have any topics you want us to cover, by all means, let us know because you know we're we're not perfect, and we we gotta start doing more research on other things. Yeah, put some, put some water in the well so that yeah. we can get it back to you. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we've been pulling some subjects just off of worldviews right now. And, you know, it's just how it is. But again, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about on the show, by all means, let us know and uh, stay safe, guys. Stay breezy. Take care. <laughs>